our gracious Father in heaven, please give us your Holy Spirit as you promised so that we can understand the message. The message is so important. Whether the three angel message has the message of righteousness by faith. Because this is so important message for us to understand the existence of this Seventh-day Adventist movement. Please bless each and every one of us for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I have a here article that says, do you know how many churches throughout the world who keeps the Seventh-day Sabbath? Somebody? 100? 200? 563 churches who are keeping the seventh day as their worship, as their doctrines. And we are one of them, but Seventh-day Adventist is the largest of that group, even though we are very in minority uh, comparing in the Christianity. Therefore, we have to understand why I am here. How about me going to other Sabbath-keeping group? I can because Seventh-day Adventist is the only church that understands these three angel messages that are in the Bible, book Revelation chapter 16 through verse 13. And this is a quote from Evangelism, page 190, says, Ellen White wrote, Several have written to me inquiring if the message of the justification by faith is the third angel message. And I have answered, it is the third angel message in verity. The word verity is a kind of archaic words, but it is very important words. Maybe some of you knows the, the some prestigious University, like Harvard University, has their motto. And the, the motto is Veritas. Veritas means a truth. I went to Seoul National University in Korea, and their motto also has this uh, word Veritas. There are many uh, universities in, in America use that word Veritas. It's verity. So in other words, uh, <coughs> people are asking, is a... Is a uh, Justification by faith message is the three angel message. And she says, yes, it is. Truly, that's what it means. Okay? <coughs> As we just read the scripture, uh, it is very interesting that, that there is a gospel, so-called, in the book of Romans chapter 17, which revealed there are two revelations through the gospel. Number one is what? It's a righteousness of God is revealed. And the, what is second one? There is a wrath of God is revealed. Now, if you, I, I don't want to read all the 300 messages in chapter uh, uh, 14 of Revelation. But it is interesting that verse 6. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven having what? Everlasting gospel. Everlasting gospel. It is very interesting that 
I gave a, uh, one of our Revelation seminar to one of my patients. And he said, wow, it's a scary book. Book of Revelation is scary. It's a very, you know, a fearful. But, you know, in the midst of that book of Revelation, they talk about gospel. They talk about gospel. But, you know, the next verse, chapter 14, verse 7, it says, the hour is judgment is coming. So, in other words, before judgment comes, God gave what? God gave gospel. God gave gospel. Because gospel is the only method that we can avoid this judgment for the destructions. Now, as we all know, there is a, there is a wrath of God, right? Wrath of God in the, in the actually second, second angel message and then third angel messages. There is a, there is a wrath of God in, in uh, verse 8 that if she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of the fornication. And then verse 10, which is third end of the message, says, The same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God. And uh, it says, Which is a power poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. The word wrath and indignation is a very interesting word I'm going to share. But these are the words that we can find exactly from this uh, Revelation chapter 14, the three angel messages. So, gospel, there are two revelations. One is righteousness of God. The other one is it also reveals the wrath of God. So, we know the wrath of God immediately. But where is the, revel- where is the justification in the book of the three angel messages? That's where I'm trying to, trying to understand with you. Now, if the message of justification by faith is truly the third end message in verity, then we have to find this justification in the book of three angel messages. But before I do that righteousness area, but let me just check with about the wrath of God. What is the wrath of God? It is interesting that if you read the John chapter 3 verse 36. He that believes on the Son have everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life. But what? The wrath of God abides on him. In other words, if you don't have Jesus Christ, then God's wrath lives with you. That's what it means. And then verse uh, uh, Romans chapter 2 verse 5 says, But after, uh, after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of the wrath and the revelation of the righteous, righteous judgment of God. Here, Paul is talking about people, they have their heart so hardened and they don't want to have any relationship with God. Actually, they are the ones who treasuring up 
their wrath until the day of wrath, which is revelation of the righteousness, righteous judgment of God. So the day of wrath actually means, as it defines the next words, revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So the, as we just read, the, uh, there is a, God's judgment is coming and there is a wrath. So true time of this uh, judgment is revealing God's righteous uh, wrath, which is actually the result of human treasuring up this wrath themselves. Now, it is very interesting to see that uh, uh, in, in, uh, in Greek words, when you say the, in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed. That wrath is a, is a different words that, uh, that in the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 10 says, where we shall, people will shall drink the wine uh, of the wrath of God. Those are two different words in Greek words. One is orgy, the other one is uh, thumos. But the word here, thumos, is, uh, is very, uh, let me read here. One more time. Revelation chapter 14 verse 10. The same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God. That wrath is a thumos. Which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. The word indignation is orgy. The one, the Romans chapter uh, 1 verse 17, um, 18 says the wrath of God is revealed in the gospel. Now. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is here. Original wrath in the Old Testament, the world is off. You know, what does off, where it first time came? It is our nostril. Very interesting. The, the wrath in the Old Testament, the first time it was Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says nostril. What did that nostril in chapter uh, 2 of Genesis uh, verse 7 says? God breathed his life into nostril of humanity. You see, there is a, uh, if you study uh, this, uh, uh, this word, when it was, it was translated into the New Testament, the, the thumos, the word here is, is a special passion. And it says breathing harder. That's what I mean, breathing harder. So to me, God's wrath is totally different from people are thinking about. His wrath is actually he was giving more of his life to that person. Rather than trying to condemn that person, trying to destroy them. But God wants to save them. Therefore, wrath of God is actually, God is more involved in that person through his nostril. God is breathing more of God's life. That is actually, in many sense, uh, consistent, with the, consistent with God's character. That's why the Bible says, who is treasuring up the wrath? It is not God, but it is what? It is actually human who are against God. They are actually treasuring up. But God is trying to breathe them more with his life through their nostril. But they are not listening. 
Because uh, when actually God's judgment, his day of wrath is coming, God actually, the Bible actually used a, a, some added uh, words uh, in front of the wrath of God. It says, uh, in the Old Testament, it says, is a fierce, fierce or fierceness wrath of God. So there is a difference between just wrath of God versus fierceness of wrath of God. Because what it means is it is actually filled up. That is very uh, interesting. In the, even you can find that in the New Testament. Because let me read here. Revelation chapter <coughs> 15 verse 7 says, One of the four beasts gave up the seven angels, seven golden vials. What is the next word? Is full of the wrath of God. So God never do anything in terms of judgment until there is what? Until there is a fullness. Until there is a fullness. Until that time, men are treasuring up that, up to that brink. That's when God's fierceness is coming upon to us, upon to humanity. Now, it's the same idea here. Like uh, if you read the uh, Revelation chapter 17, verse 3 and 4, this uh, halot, this, uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, Babylon, Bible says they are, f- they are full of blasphemy. They have here and there some uh, blasphemy. No, that blasphemy is filled up. That's where the judgment is coming. And then also, uh, Revelation, chapter, Revelation chapter 17, verse 4 also says, it's filled up with uh, abomination and uh, uh, <coughs> it's uh, fornication and the filterness. In other words, uh, there is when a fullness of all these things happen, that's where there is a wrath of God as a fierceness that is, uh, that is going to happen. So until that time, God is breathing more of his life for them to change. That's the way we have to look at the wrath of God. Now, let's talk about now righteousness. Righteousness, because gospel, true gospel, is supposed to reveal two things. What is number one? It's righteousness of God. Second is what? The wrath of God, right? Now, in the, in the book of Revelation, uh, I mean, in the chapter 14, three angel message, we have everlasting gospel. So, truly in that gospel, do you see the revelation of two things? Of course, wrath is many times referenced. But where is the righteousness? We cannot see that words at all. That's where... I'm studying here with you to find out the true concept of this righteousness in the three angel messages. Now, before I start uh, more discussion about that, we have some confusion. Some people say uh, it's a message of justification by faith, or some people say it's a what righteousness of by faith. So what are the difference between the two? Righteousness of, 
of, of righteousness by faith or justification by faith? Basically, they are the same words. Right or just, it's the same word even in, in Greek words. So there is, so let me, uh, let's open here. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 17. There is, uh, therein the righteousness of God, dikaiosune, that's the word, dikaiosune, righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. There are two faiths. I'm going to share that. What is two faith? From faith to faith. And as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just is dikaios. One is dikaiosune, the other is dikaios. So if you study the English words, some translation do not change. If you study the righteousness, then the end is not the just uh, shall live by faith, but says the righteous live by faith. Or some translation use, use a just. So in other words, uh, here it says, for therein is a right uh, justification of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, and the just shall live by faith. So in other words, what I'm saying is, don't worry about Greek words, or don't worry about this interchangeable terminology. So when you say justification by faith or righteousness by faith, the same words. What it all means is how you can be right with God, how you can be just with God. That's what it means. Now, Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. This is very important words. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accepted or it, it was accounted unto him righteousness. <coughs> and then we read earlier in Romans chapter 4 verse 3 what does the scripture say and it is exactly the same words like Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 says Romans chapter 4 3 says what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was counted Unto him righteousness. So in other words, two different books have the same words. Except one is saying accounted. The other one is counted. That word is uh, many, a long time ago I, I had the chance to share with you. It's the word logizomai. Like uh, accounted or counted or regard or accepted. Just like uh, when when somebody send a, a, some money to your account, that money is accounted to my credit, so I can use it the way I want. So in other words, God is putting in your account his righteousness. Whatever you did, doesn't care. Just, he just gave his account to you. Before you even, I'll share, before even you are born, Now, when Paul says, what does the scripture say that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him righteousness? The scripture he's quoting 
is coming from what? In the Genesis, right? Today we talk about a lot somehow this uh, Abram story. And through this, let me just share my conclusion. The only way we can understand the righteousness or justification that are found in the book of uh, Three Angel Message, Revelation chapter 14, is through the experience that we understand that Abram uh, went through. And that's where we can firmly sure there was a righteousness in the message of uh, three angel messages. Now, so let's read Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So these are three Three verses. One is Galatians chapter 3, 6. The other one is Romans chapter 4, 3. And the third one is Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. They're all talking about same thing, which is the experience of Abraham. So we have to briefly talk about Abraham. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, he left his country. He left Babylon. He left Babylon at age what? 75. Well, God is still merciful up until 75. I'm still not 75 yet. So I think I can have some beginning too, okay? Yeah. And then after chapter 12, now chapter 15 is where Abram and God had some sort of encounter and God says, God says, look at the sky. How many stars can you see? And then I'll have your children as many as like that. And then Abraham believed in the promise of God. That's where Bible says, because of that belief, God gave him righteousness or justifications. Now, in chapter 16, at age 86, he had Ismael. And then chapter 17, at age 99, God finally changed his name. So it's interesting, almost what? Almost 24 years later, after he left Babylon, God changed his name. What was the previous name he had? Abraham. Abraham. In Hebrew words, Ab means father. Ram means elevated. So means Abraham was, his name was elevated father. And then God says, no, that is not going to be your name anymore. Your name will be what? Abraham, which means what? Which means father of many nations. Father of many nations. I don't know how we can understand that. But let's say uh, there was a cattleman. And his name is respected cattleman. And he's just going around. And then when people see them, what is your name? Yeah, I'm a respected cattleman. How many cattle do you have? No, I don't have any cattle. (laughs) So very, very paradoxical situation, right? And then... When, when he had another name, I have a cattleman of many kinds. 
But still, he didn't have any, any cattle. That's kind of situation here. Now, let's, let's go back to Romans chapter 4, which is very important scripture. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. I will go through until verse 22. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. That's Abraham, the, the new name, okay? A father of many nations, even though he didn't have, he didn't have any any. His own, you know, God's promised children yet. Before him whom he believed, even God, what is the next word? These are very important words or meanings we have to understand. It says, Abram believed the God who, what next words? Who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. There are two elements there are two elements of God's character or, or the title or, or the, the one that God did that is specifically mentioned here. The quickened the dead and the God who called those things which be not as though they were. The, Abraham believed the God who called those things which be not as though they were. He's talking about creation. In other words, Abraham believed the Lord, not just L-O-R-D. It's a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That Lord of creation. Because he knew that God is the God who makes things happening out of nothing. Don't ever think when God created heaven and earth... He used some pre-existing material. No, there was nothing and God created things out of nothing. That's a biblical way of understanding. And then this, uh, uh, another uh, aspect of God, that is the God who quickened the dead. This quicken has uh, two uh, original Greek words. It's a zoo poeo. Zoo means it's a life. Poeo means a create. In other words, God can create the life from the dead. What is that? That is what? That is a resurrection. That is resurrection. So in other words, Abraham believed God of the creation and Abraham believed the God of resurrection. That's why God accepted his belief as counted for the righteousness. Now, verse 18, Romans chapter 4, verse 18 says, Abram believed in the hope against hope. It says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. In other words, when he look at himself, he's 100 years old. And, the, and here it says, uh, verse uh, 19, what did he say? He considered not his own body, now dead, 
even though he is not weak in faith, he considered not his own body dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of the Sarah's womb. What is deadness of Sarah's womb? In other words, she had menopause a long time ago. Do you know what the menopause means, medically speaking? You have a, how many eggs you have in your ovary? Zero, zero. You know, in scientists saying that when, when a baby was in the mother's womb, if it's a female, she has about up to six or seven million eggs, even before born. At the time of born, birth, about six, seven million eggs shrinked to one million. At the puberty, they said about uh, 300,000 eggs. And then they have a reproductive cycle, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And each month, they produce typically one egg at each month, right? Sometimes two, so you have some, some twins, things like that. But mostly, it's a one egg a month. And then what? You have a 40, 50 years. So you have what? About 400, 600 eggs that are ovulating, ready to ovulation. And then all the rest of eggs are just dying, dying out. So when, when women stop cycle, we call menopause, it's complete pause, complete stop. So there is no egg in Sarah's womb. So remember, when you look at Isaac, he wasn't be there. He, he shouldn't be there. Because there was no, no egg. This is a miracle. But it's reality, okay? Reality. Look at the, all the Israel people. It's it's a miracle. Because Abraham believed against the hope. He knew with his age. Probably he has some sperm, but very weak. And there's no egg. But he did not doubt. Bible says he did not stagger not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith and giving glory to God. And verse 21, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. In other words, he believed not the Babylonian gods. You know, in, in Babylon, there are religion. They have a Three important God's name. Uh, it's uh, An or Enlil or Ea. One controlled the sky. One controlled the earth. One controlled the under, under the sea. Okay? But Abraham left all these other gods. And he found the true God. The God of creation. The God of resurrection. Now, at verse 21 says, being fully persuaded. This is very important words that even 
uh, other writer of the Bible talk about. If you read the Luke chapter one verse one, Luke was trying to uh, trying to give a writing of the about Jesus Christ, and then he says he collected all the evidences, and he says those things which are most surely believed. Most surely believed is the same words here talking about being fully persuaded. So either you live in Old Testament or New Testament, or now you have to really fully persuade it like Abraham or, or Dr. Luke uh, experienced. Now, so far we talk about Isaac's birth, which was a miraculous birth. But let's read the <coughs> Hebrew chapter 11, verse 19 says, accounting that God was able to raise him up, him, raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. He's talking about what? Talking about the sacrifice of Isaac, right? Abraham was 120, and Isaac was 20 years old. When Isaac was obedient to his father, but he didn't realize that there will be a a dagger that will coming down to his chest. But he, he what? Isaac had such a great faith like his brought his father Abraham. And Bible used the words, Abraham believed that God was able to raise him up. Raise him up. That is a frequent phrase when God raised Jesus Christ out of, out of the tomb. It's the same words. That's why uh, Bible says God was able to raise him up even from dead. From whence was he received him in, in a figure. In a figure means that life of that experience, sacrificing and, and Abraham uh, already <laughs> gave up his son and offered him. And, and to, to the minds of Abraham, Isaac was already dead. But it is God who, who revived him. It's, it's, it's a figure of Jesus Christ coming to this world, right? The only son. You know, Abraham, uh, God told Abraham, you, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. No, he didn't say that. He said, your only begotten son, sacrifice Isaac. I mean, in other words, God reminds Abraham how many sons you have. You have only one, but sacrifice that. It's exactly the same kinds of experience that God sent his only son to us. That's why he says he received him in a figure. When we talk about this type of things, like when Abraham believed and it was counted as righteousness, some of Bible uh, students think about there is some contradiction of all this story uh, with the book of James chapter 2, where where uh, James was talking a little bit differently. Let me read it. James chapter 2, verse 20 says, <coughs> Will thou know, all vain men, that faith without works is that? And verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? And verse, two, uh, verse 22 says, Seest thou how... Faith wrought with his works, and by works 
has faith made perfect? And then verse 23, very important uh, verse here. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. In other words, it appears that the writer uh, of this James, uh, book of James, is, is wondering whether really uh, when, when Abraham, uh, when Abraham, when he offered the son, that work, that work actually is a very important part of being accepted as a righteousness. But actually not. Not the way we think. Because verse 23 is, is actually talking about. It means that because he sacrificed Isaac, because of that, Work. Scripture was fulfilled. What kind of scripture was fulfilled? It says, Abraham believed God and it was imputed upon him for righteousness. So in other words, James is interpreting chapter 22 of Genesis with the understanding of chapter 15. In other words, uh, whatever happened in chapter 22 of Genesis is actually fulfilling Chapter 15 of Genesis. The only, the only added one is what? By that time, God is calling Abram what? He is truly my friend. He's a friend of God. And therefore, I don't see any, any contradictions or tension there. Because as I, as I, as I will share, uh, maybe I'll share with you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Work of faith and then labor of love. I want you to understand, there is a work of faith and there is a labor of love. There are two different things I will share with you a little bit later. So, conclusion is what? In Romans chapter 4, verse 22, Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. So, in other words... The message of the righteousness by faith is basically the message that Abram experienced to understand the Lord of creation, the Lord of resurrections. Because of, through the experience with Isaac, Isaac's birth and his uh, sacrifice, Abram truly understood what it means to trust in God. In all circumstances. That is his faith. When he has that kind of faith, God gave him the righteousness. Now, in the three angel messages, can you find where is the God of creation? Where is it? First angel message, right? Where worship... The one who, what? Who made heaven and earth. We all understand that. So, uh, the three angel message really uplift the Lord of the creation. No doubt about that. Then how about the, how about the resurrection? Can you find the, the message of resurrection in the three angel messages?
as we uh, prayed even today, the, uh, Mr. Stafford, he passed away, and we had a ceremony. Uh, we had the memorial service last Sabbath. Do you, uh, do you recognize the bulletin of that memorial service? What was the theme scripture? It was Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, which is a part of third angel message. It says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which died in the Lord from henceforth. Yes, the Spirit says that they may what? Rest from the labor and the what? And their works do follow them. This is truly the message of the resurrection. Now, uh, what is their works? Their works. And what is their labor? There are two different, two different words. Labor is a corpus, and the labor, I mean, works is arrogant, energy, arrogant, that, arrogant, that's what it means. But here, if you uh, read the uh, Hebrew chapter uh, 2, verse 14, it says, Through death, Jesus Christ might destroy him that had power of death. That is the devil. In other words, Jesus came to this world to destroy the power of the death, which is the devil. And then in First uh, John chapter 3, verse 8 says, The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil. And, and one time, so, so in other words, Jesus came here to this world to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus' work is what? To, to expose this darkness and overcome that. One time, people came to ask Jesus, what shall we do the work of, work of the God? And Jesus said, your work is just believing in him. So here, actually, their works is actually the work that God is working within them. In other words, it is not really their, their work because uh, I will explain that just a little bit uh, later. Now here, <coughs> let's, let's read uh, this verse. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. It says, it says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Whose reward? It's God's reward is with me. God's reward is with him. And to give every man according to his work shall be. So in other words, when we are doing our work, God will give a reward, but that reward is not the result of my work. The reward is my reward, I'll give it to you. Now, 
In contrast to that, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Now he that planted and he that watered are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own what? His own labor. His own labor. In other words, uh, when we do our labor of love, there is something, something I do and I actually claim my reward. But when we do the work of faith, the reward is Christ's reward. It has nothing to do with you. Because in book of Romans chapter 4 verse 4 says, Romans chapter 4 verse 4, To him that works, reward is not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So think about that. In other words, the, the work of here says, uh, when you are, you, are, you are dead, you are rest in, in, in the Lord. You are rest in the Lord. Uh, Bible says, the dead who are die in the Lord from the hands, and then they may rest from their labors, but their works do follow them. This works is nothing but the resurrection that God is trying to do, because Jesus came here to destroy the power of the death, and then he's trying to destroy the, the work of the devil. So the work of the faith is actually is, is what God is doing. That's why his reward, it's his reward given to, to us. But uh, when we do our labor, there is, there is mine, my own reward. That's what the Bible says. So what I'm trying to say is, in this uh, Book of Revelation, chapter 14, the three angel message has enough, enough hint about this justifications. Because righteousness of God or justification of God is actually the, the one that are experienced in the life of Abraham. And Abraham believed not only the creation, but also resurrections through the life of the Isaacs. And, and so this... Uh, uh, this resting, resting in the Lord, is is what it meant man, meant to be a resurrection, and so we can clearly see uh, the justification of by faith is the third in message in verity. Now, let me just share one thing in that sense is. Uh, Ellen Wright put this way in, in a Bible commentary, page, volume 6, page 1111. says, the labor of love spring forth the work of the faith. So in other words, when, when we truly understand God's love, and that actually make us to do labor, and that springs forth the work of faith. And he and continues, says, It is true, while it is true that our busy activities will not in themselves ensure the salvation, it is also true that 
the faith which unites us to Christ will stir the soul to activity. In other words, what we are doing, the labor of love, and I've seen a lot of young people doing that, it is not for them to achieve the salvation. It's because they are touched with God and then that labor of love is manifest in their lives. Amen. That's, that's the whole point. Therefore, in the righteousness by faith, there is nothing we can add. Why? Because when did God decide to give a righteousness to us? It was even before the creation. In the Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, before the foundation of this earth, God redeemed who? God redeemed us. We are not existing at the time. Because it was even before the creation. So before the creation, God knew who will be saved by their faith. Just like Abraham. So this is a tremendous understanding of God's character in the sense. Now, I'm almost done. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Not by works of the law, but by works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Uh, This scripture is very important scripture that we have to have a right understanding. Because... Many English translations, they blurred the translation of this faith of Jesus Christ. As if it is my faith in Jesus Christ, that is the one that I can be justified. There is a distinction between the faith of Jesus Christ and faith of myself. It is not my faith that makes me justified. God already justified, even before the creation. All I'm doing is, I use my hand to grasp what God has already done for me. Amen. That's why uh, here in the, in the book of, you know, in the Desire of Ages says, Through faith we receive the grace of God. But the faith is not our Savior. It earns nothing. It is the hand by which we lay hold upon Christ and appropriate his merits, remedy for sin. So we cannot idolize my faith as if that is the justification that we can receive. God has already done justification through the Jesus Christ. What is the faith of Jesus Christ? A lot of uh, Bible scholars says that is the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Because he entered into this world and he, what? He died. He, he was faithful unto the death on the Calvary. Yes. And that is whole counted. So it is the faithfulness of Jesus Christ that is so important. So we cannot ignore that. But at the same time, uh, Bible recognized that, like Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says, For you are all children of God 
by faith in Jesus Christ. So my, my faith is so insignificant, but because of that, I can see God's treasure stored for me. So we have to have a well-balanced idea there. Okay. Now, God asked Abram to come out of the Babylon at age 75. But, of course, he moved geographically out of Babylon where there was idolatry and all other things. He left that, but he still had in his heart the Babylon. And it took what? It took almost 40-some years that after he understand God's love by sacrificing the only begotten son, and then God says, you're truly my friend. Yes. So even though we, we Adventists claim that we, are, we came out of Babylon, but how about inside here? You know, that's why the Bible says actually, how many times Babylon is fallen? Two times, two times. Not only geographically, but in our spiritual here. So where are you at now? Where I am at now, at this point? To conclude, what is a justification by faith? It is the work of God in laying the glory of man in the dust. What is that? You, you bury. You bury all the human glory. I like here. It says, sir, we would see Jesus. Amen. If you only see me, I'm sorry. You have to see Jesus Christ. Because all the human glory has to be laid down in the dust. And also doing for man that which it is not in his power to do for himself. That is a work of God. And that is justification by faith. And in Steps to Christ, page 62 says, Christ's character stands in place of your character and you are accepted before God just as if you have not sinned. If we understand that aspect, we have zeal here to work for God with our labor of love to help other people. Amen. We, Seventh-day Adventist Church, we are not just one of the denominations. Not one of these 563 churches where they go to church on Sabbath. No, Adventists started as a movement. And it will end as a movement. A lot of time. We are trying to compare with other denomination and try to have a, this policy, that policy. No, we need to have a revival of the Holy Spirit Amen. so that we can proclaim the three-engine message. That is a message of justification by faith. Before, before this judgment comes, we have to lift this uh, true gospel, the gospel that reveals the righteousness of God as well as what? As well as the wrath of God. There will be a fierceness of the wrath of God. Until it's filled up, God's still waiting. I don't know, almost there. Almost there. I'm going to appeal to you today. Do you believe the Lord of 
creation in your heart? Raise your hands. Thank you. Do you believe in the Lord of resurrections? Just like Abraham. Yes. Then do you believe, as Abraham wrote, I can accept, look in, when I look at myself, there is hopeless. But when I look at Jesus Christ, there is hope. Right? Raise your hand if you believe that. Do you want to leave all Babylonian ideas out of you? Yeah. I'm going to share this one. It's very interesting. Uh, there are two entities. One is Jesus Christ. The other one is a beast in the book of Revelation. Okay? In the chapter 1 verse 4, it says, uh, Grace be unto you, peace from him who is, which was, and which is to come. In other words, Jesus was described as the one who was, who is, and who is to come. See, it's the existence of God's nature, okay? But if you look at Revelation chapter 17, verse 8, it says, The beast that you saw was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, go into the perdition, See, there are two different uh, forms of existence. One is he was, he is, he's come, he is coming, he, he is to come. And this beast is what? He was, but is not. No existence is not. And then what? Shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, go, going into the perdition. In other words, later he was uh, resurrected, but, but is what? Resurrection for Destructions. So, in other words, this beast is, even though it looks like he's existing, he's not, he's non existent. He's non existent. However, it says continuously, they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose name were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was, is not, and yet is. So, in other words, all this world is is wandering after this non-existing entity in the sight of God. They are non-existence. I'm so happy that my life is written in the book of Lamb. And I can see the true God who was, who is, who is to come. So let's not spend our interest and our, our uh, endeavor to this non-existing, this Babylonian stuff. So let's get that read out of ourselves. But I cannot do it myself. Who can do it? The Holy Spirit can come and renew my heart every day. So this justification of by faith message is what? The message, not in the past, but every day. Every day. Every day there is a new creation in Christ. Yesterday or the day before, it's already gone. So what is today? Now, that's where we have to accept Jesus Christ in our life. Let's bow our head. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful that you called us into this great Advent movement. Help us to understand the 300 messages so that we truly be equipped to proclaim your message of justification by faith. Bless this church and all those who are here today for their future. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.